Thank you for joining us at Praise Chapel Paramount. We hope you enjoy this message from our Sunday sermon series, Vitals, where we hear about some spiritual essentials needed in our lives for growth and greater relationship with God and others. Also, we'd love to hear what God has done in your life. To share your story, email us at info at pcparamount.org. Again, we hope you enjoy this message. Well, good morning. Good to see everyone. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and say, you're in the right place at the right time. You are. I believe that this morning, and so we're glad you're here. We have a wonderful time. We had a wonderful time at our 9 o'clock service, and I'm looking forward to today or at the 11 o'clock with all of you folks who got to sleep in, and now you're a little bit more refreshed, more awake. Uh, 9 o'clock, man, the dead come back to life, but no, at 9 o'clock, they're awesome. Uh, we, man, they're going to be listening. I'm sorry. No, I appreciate those early birds, and uh, they get to come, and, and uh, they, they, it's awesome to be together. I got to get out of that one. Uh, today we're going. To, we're on our final message on vitals. Do you believe that? And uh, we've been talking about uh, essentials that are very vital to Christian development. If you want to develop a close walk with God, develop in your walk with God, growing relationship as a Christian. We called these vitals last week. If you were here, we talked about generosity. Remember that message. And we talked about generosity. We talked about the power of generosity. But we mainly talked about how God's the generous God. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave. God's the giving God. And, and the reason why we're here is because God gave. Uh, he gave us life. He gave us forgiveness. All of these different things. And we talked about taking on the nature of God and learning generosity. We said don't have a, a bag mindset, but get into a basket mindset that, are, that uh, will lead into a barn mindset. God will bless you. And we talked about the power of that. Uh, but this morning, uh, I want to talk about some, something that I think is very vital. Because if most of you understand, when you go to the doctor and you're feeling sick, one of the first things they do is they check your vitals. They want to check your respiratory. And they want to check your blood pressure. Some of you know what I'm talking about when it comes to blood pressure. You got that vein popping out of your forehead. No, no, the blood pressure uh, can happen in your body. You not even know it. And too much blood being pumped. And uh, it can damage arteries, so take care of that. Uh, your pulse, make sure your pulse is good. Uh, your respiratory is good. Did I already say that? And your body temperature, right? Check. They got to put a, a thermometer. Uh, I said, no, not in you, but a thermometer. Uh, they put it in your mouth, right? They put it in your mouth. And I said that the other day, in you, that's a baby, not you. They want to put it in your mouth. So all of that. And so when they do that, they make sure your body temperature is correct and they check your vitals. So this morning, I want to talk about what are the vital things as believers that we need to have in our life is many times we struggle with confidence. Say confidence. There's, uh, there's some reason that many of us, we suffer from confidence. We we. We lack confidence, and quite frankly, in life, all of us, at one time or another, are going to lack some confidence. Uh, in fact, I, I'll just be honest with you this morning. There, there are sometimes that you could feel like they're uh, uh, uncertain about a task, uncertain about a job, because you lack confidence. We often are insecure around other people. And, and many times we can say, I'm not good enough. I'll be honest, even me as a pastor sometimes says, I'm not a good enough dad. I'm not a good enough husband. 
I'm not a good enough pastor at times. And, and all of those things could begin to get a hold of you. Sometimes you may feel, well, I don't feel like I'll ever be successful. I don't feel like I'll ever become what my parents expected me to come. I, I, I'll become. I'll never become what I thought I, I, I should become. And a lot of times we really lack confidence. Some of us lack confidence in the way we look. We look at ourselves in the mirror and say, man, if I could just change uh, these couple of things, you know, maybe 38 things, and then I would look really good, you know, and then I would look so great. And so we, we look at ourselves and we say, man, I would look better. And we, we, we end up in chronic insecurity. And a lot of times it's that self-talk. How many you know we kind of talk to ourselves? And, you know, we talk to ourselves the way we look, the way we think. Uh, and sometimes we could, uh, you know, be going somewhere or, or looking at something or we're going to present something. And instead of saying how confident we are, we say, man, I hope I don't blow it. I hope I don't mess it all up. You know, and, and this insecurity, all of us deal with, I'll just be honest, all of us will deal with insecurity, but we can't camp there. We can't live there. Are you listening to me? We're all going to deal with a certain degree of insecurity. And I find that even some of the most cockiest people and arrogant people, they act like they're all confident, but they're trying to overcompensate their insecurity. You know what I'm talking about. And so sometimes even the most critical people, they criticize things because they, they now look down at something they can't have so they, did, they put it down and say, oh, I don't want that job anyway. That's a messed up job. Oh, that ministry, oh, that, forget that ministry. You wanted it, but you, you're insecure about it, so you just talk about it. Oh, a bunch of hypocrites in that ministry. Anyway, I know that doesn't happen here, and we can do that. And so what happens is we, we fall in these categories of insecurity. In fact, before I even get into the message, I want to talk to you just about three different types of insecurity. And just a couple people I'm going to talk about, and then I'm going to get into the message. Uh, it's the first type of insecure people are people pleasers. Say people pleasers. And they basically, they hope to say yes to everything because they don't want to feel like they're not a part of it. So if they say no, then they're going to sense like nobody likes them. Or it's amazing how many times uh, these people are afraid to say no. They're afraid to say no, so they say yes to everything because they want to be accepted by everybody. And so there's these people pleasers, and, I, and I'm going to just say that I've been all three of these in my life, okay? So before you say, well, you're talking to me. No, no. I've been all three of these in my life where I've been this people pleaser. Uh, you need anything, I'll be there. Or you know what? And you can't deliver, am I right? Oh, man, that's awesome. And you know it's not really that awesome, but you're, you're trying to please everybody. You want my money? I'll give you all my money. What do you need? And so we're trying to, to please everyone. How, how many know someone that the people please? Just raise your hand. Just raise your hand. Keep your hand up. Don't point at nobody. Okay. See, you, you please me today. You're, you're a people pleaser. I'm just kidding. <laughs> second thing, second thing, there is the fishers. Now, uh, the fishers are types of people that are so insecure, they're, they're fishing for somebody to say something good. They usually post something like, I'm feeling so blah today. And then somebody will say, oh, no, girl, you look good. Oh, no, man, you look great today. And, oh, man, oh, you know, I, I didn't, you know, I don't do these things good. Oh, no, you do it perfect. And so we're kind of fishing, you know. 
or, or, you know, we're looking for these compliments, uh, and we're looking for all of these things. uh, And what happens when you're a fisher, you're always seeking that because of insecurity. And the third one is the one-uppers. And what I mean by that is this is the person that always uh, has to have one-up on you. Man, my kid, man, they, they, they won the teacher's honor roll. And then you say, oh, no, somebody else says, oh, well, you know, my kid has won, uh, you know, the principal's honor roll ever since he started going to school. And you're like, wow. Man, I, I, went on a, I went on a weekend vacation. And somebody else says, well, I went to a private island. I can't even tell you the name of it. It's so awesome, you know. And so you're just like, wow. It could even be bad. Man, I was sick. Oh, I was sicker than you. In fact, I got a disease. They named the disease after me. And it's like, my goodness. I mean, they have to have the one-upper on you. And all of us this morning, we deal with different types of insecurity. And and let me just tell you this morning, uh, all of us at one point, we're either fishing or or sometimes we have that one-upper or sometimes this morning we're trying to please people. And we can never let, we should never let this insecurity talk us out of the call of God. Because many times that's what happens. This insecurity talks us out of the call of God and, and uh, keeps us from going forward. And many times we won't apply for that job. We won't apply for that promotion because we don't think we're good enough. I talked about that last week when I talked about generosity. I believe God wants to bless people, and we prayed for people that God's going to give you promotion, that God's going to bring increase in your life. Uh, and even that insecurity to get a hold of us and say, well, I don't qualify. I don't think I can do it. And we'll miss opportunities because of insecurity. You won't ask that girl out because you think she'll say no. So what? Worst that can happen, she says, no, at least you try. I'm trying to help you young ladies out here, man. Ask her out. Anyway, let's go on to the next thing. So we don't, what I'm not talking about this morning is self-confidence. And and what I'm saying today is too many of us rely on self-confidence. And I'm talking about God-confidence. Relying on God-confidence. Saying, God, I'm confident in your ability, not my ability. I'm confident not on my husband or wife's ability. I'm confident in your ability. I'm not confident in my paycheck. I'm not confident in all my education. I'm confident in you. So I want to read you a scripture this morning that I believe can really help us cultivate a God confidence. And I'm going to read it out of the Message Bible because I really like the way it says it here. And 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 11 through 12. And it says this. These are the warning markers, danger in our history books, written so that we don't repeat their mistakes. Our positions in the story are parallel. They, they at the beginning, we at the end, we are just as capable of messing it up as they were. How many know that's true? So don't be so naive and self-confident. You're not exempt. You could fall flat. You could fall flat on your face as easily as anyone else. Forget about self-confidence. It's useless. Cultivate God-confidence. So let's pray. Father, we thank you for the word of God. Your word is so powerful today. Your word applies to every area of our lives. God, today, your word is not outdated. Your word today is relevant in 2019. So, Father, I pray today that we would just be open to the Holy Spirit 
Be open to your word. Remove every distraction today. I pray for the anointing of your grace and Holy Spirit upon the word that I say. And let the people hear the voice behind the voice in Jesus' name. And the people said, and so this morning, I want to talk about this God confidence. I want to talk about cultivating a God confidence. And, and my wife is the one that gave me this word, and I, I've looked it up, and a number of people have preached this before, but, but I, I didn't even realize this. But this is, a, this is the word called Godfidence. Are you ready? Godfidence. In other words, Godfidence is a God confidence. So Godfidence is the word that I want to say to you today. If we're going to have any confidence, we need to have a Godfidence. Are you with me? And so you may be saying, well, what does that mean? Uh, basically, here in 1 Corinthians chapter 10, Paul is saying, forget about self-confidence. Have you ever been to New York? Forget about it. You know, just forget about that. You have to cultivate a God confidence. You got to cultivate a confidence not in yourself so deep this morning that you depend on God. Because how many understand when we begin to depend on ourselves, the Bible says the heart is deceitfully wicked. Who, who can know it? Or in other words, our heart this morning could be very deceiving. You've ever heard the term follow your heart? Don't do it, man. Follow Jesus. Follow truth. And because the heart is the set of emotions. How many know if we're emotional, we, if we follow our emotions, they'll deceive us every time. We don't follow our emotions. We don't live by our emotions. We live by our commitments. And our commitments are based on truth and the word of God. But if we just say follow your heart, man, your heart, the Bible says, is deceitfully wicked. And in fact, the Bible says the heart can be very, uh, uh, very deceiving. Uh, the Bible also tells us in, Jer I'll read Jeremiah 17, 9. It said, the heart is deceitful above all things, desperately uh, wicked. Who can know it? In other words, it's corrupt many times, and it could be sick. So don't follow that. Even Paul the apostle said, I'm not confident in my flesh. In other words, my flesh could be weak. So don't be confident so much in yourself because even our own flesh, many times, what we feel, what we think this morning is not always right. It could be like you're walking with God one moment and you could be so right on in the things of God and all of a sudden something distracts you. My precious it's all mine, you know. And all of a sudden, it's like you're a different person. What happened? You were living for God for a moment. And then my precious, my mind, it's all mine. Anyway, I don't even know how I got into that. But, but we, have to be, we have to be very careful this morning that we're no, not so self-confident that we're not God-fident. Don't put your trust in yourself. I was reading a story about this guy, and he said this, and I, 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 I was reading this last night. It said, self-confidence, he says, has always been something I considered in, an important part of my identity, he said. It gave me the ability to walk with my head held high, to delve into tasks with great enthusiasm. This was, he said, until a series of life events hit me like a wave, eroding the entire foundation I had built on myself. I learned how many times God would break things down so that he could build something new in me. When I finally got to the place where I realized that I couldn't do anything without God covering me, I began to feel him lift me from the rubble of shame that had covered me in my failure and self-confidence. He said, if you really, really want to max out and live a life that is completely glorifies God, 
You will never be, you will never do it putting confidence in yourself alone. You will do it by cultivating a God confidence. So I believe that today, a God confidence, confidence this morning. So uh, if, you, if you're writing some notes this morning, how do we cultivate a confidence? How do we cultivate a God confidence? Number one, if you're taking some notes, you can write this down. God is always with me. How many believe that? God is always, or God is always for me, I should say. In other words, this morning, so many times we have an inaccurate view of God. We think that God is only for us when we do what, we, what he wants us to do. In other words, it's not based on a performance. Now, what I'm saying this morning, of course, we want to please God by our lives. Of course, we want to please God, all of these different things. But God doesn't love us because of our performance. He loves us despite our failures. Am I right? He loves us despite our sins and our shortcomings. But many times we think that God is for us only if we're performing and doing everything right. So pretty much we can live our lives and we can say, well, you know, I did pretty good today. Today I did some good things. That means God today is going to answer my prayer. But tomorrow, you know, you didn't do that good. Well, pretty much God disappointed with you. He's not going to answer your prayer today. And so we can do all these things. This is how we're living our lives this morning, where we're, we're, we're thinking, as long as I live good spiritual days, then God is going to, uh, he's going to bless me. And the moment I mess up, God's out to get me. Can I tell you something? God's not out to get you. God is out to bless you. God is out to love you. Can you say amen? The Bible says, but God, in Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Now, how many parents would admit this morning that, you know, you're proud of your kids, right? I mean, I hope you are. But let's just be honest. Sometimes we're not that proud of our kids because of what they do. Am I right? I mean, we're proud of our kids most of the time, but there's, there's sometimes your kids don't make you proud. Sometimes they do things that you don't agree with, but you don't stop loving them. You don't stop caring about them. You don't stop saying, well, I'm not for you anymore. You're for your kids. I, I mean, you know, when my kids were younger, you know, I wasn't waking up in the morning and saying, man, what can I get them on today? Man, what, 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 man, I, what, what, man, I just can't wait to get them in the restroom and just whip their butt. I wouldn't, I was, I, I wouldn't think that way. I wasn't getting up in the morning and say, what wrong can they do so I can get what, you know, give, give them what's coming to them? I, I wouldn't think that way. I, I, I'm for my kids. And if we could do that for our own kids, if we think that way for our own children, how much do you think God cares about you? Even when you mess up, even when you fall short. I read this story about this other guy. He said this. He goes, we all want to please our parents he goes, this, this guy said, my dad was a massively, a massively great baseball player. He, my dad was super talented. So growing up, he said, I grew up groomed to play baseball. He said, I had some abilities, and so I, I, I was a pretty good player. The problem was I wanted to please my dad so much that whenever he showed up at the game, and I was up to bat, I would always say, oh, no, my dad's here. I just need to get on base. He goes, man, if I get on base, my dad's going to love me more. He said, I was playing for his approval, and because of that, I would always get nervous. 
And instead of hitting a triple or a home run when he wasn't around, I'd strike out. Finally, my dad realized what was going on. And he came to me and he said, son, I want you to understand. He said, I don't care if you get a hit. I don't care if you strike out every time we need a home run. I love you because you're my son. And suddenly everything changed. I wasn't playing for his approval, but I was playing from his approval. Are you listening to me? God sees us this morning. We're not, we're not living our lives for his approval. We're living our lives from his approval. Somebody say amen. amen. We're living our lives from his approval. Jesus has already approved us this morning. Jesus paid the price. And so we need to look at our lives that way. We need to live our life from a posture of I'm living my life from God's approval. God's already pleased with me through the blood of Jesus this morning. And if I could just continue to be confident in who God is and the love of God, I don't have to be so insecure anymore. Look at what Hebrews 13.5 says. Do not throw away this confident trust in the Lord. Remember the great reward it brings you. In other words, I'm not confident in myself. I'm not confident in my flesh. I'm not confident in my heart. I am confident in God. Someone say amen. The second thing is God is always out to help me. I believe, how many believe God is out to help you? He does. God wants to help you. You guys are afraid to raise your hand now. God's out to help you this morning. And, and he really is. And when you begin to read the word of God this morning, you're going to find that God is out to help you. In fact, the scripture says in Hebrews 13, 5, uh, he will never leave you. He will never forsake you. And then it says, uh, we say this uh, with assurance or confidence. The Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. When God is your helper, you don't have to be afraid today. You can be confident today that God wants to help you this morning. And so whatever situation you're in, Whatever circumstances that you're in this morning, God wants to help you. God wants to work in your life. God wants to do miracles in your life. We were singing, he's the God of miracles. But we live in a world that is so negative. Am I right? We live in a world, man, that is so pessimistic that they're, they're always seeing the wrong in everything. We live in a world this morning where people are always saying, well, my life stinks. And uh, you know what? All these things. Uh, you ever talk to people, they just have the, 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 the gloom and doom uh, attitude. And, and I'm not saying things are not wrong in the world. But, man, when you get around them, they just say, man, man, the world is sinking fast. Oh, man, the economy is going down. Man, the schools are just terrible. Churches are dying everywhere. Right? All these different things. Oh, don't even get me started on teenagers. Oh, my goodness. And so it goes on and on and on. And the reality this morning, it's true. The world isn't perfect. And there are a lot of things wrong. But I want to tell you something. That doesn't mean as believers we put our head down in the sand. Friend, we have to understand that God is still in control, that God still wants to help us. And I believe this morning that in the midst of that, God is working behind the scenes. There's a lot of things wrong, but I also believe there's a lot of things right. And I've used this illustration before, but I think it really applies to what I'm saying this morning. I, I, I like the two different types 
of birds. One of them is the vulture, and one of them is the hummingbird. And if you take the vulture, the vulture swerves around and finds dead things. He finds what he's looking for. A hummingbird looks around, and he finds sweet things. He finds what he's looking for. See, if you want dead things, you're going to find them. If you're looking for dead things, you're going to find them. But if you're looking for sweet things, you can be a hummingbird. Do you want to be a hummingbird or a vulture? I don't know about you, man, but I want to be a hummingbird. The Bible says, Proverbs eleven twenty seven: if you search for good, you will find favor. But if you search for evil, it's going to find you. So what are you searching for? What are you looking for? What kind of uh, attitude do you have? What kind of perspective do you have? Is God is your helper? Do you trust him? Do you believe that? Do you have a confidence in that? Because this morning we, we can live our lives today with such a negative and miserable uh, uh, attitude and everything could be wrong. Everything could be like, oh, man, I don't like this. Uh, man, the church is too loud. The church is too cold. Uh, the church is too friendly. Uh, the pastor is terrible. All these different things. And, and we can do all these things things this morning and we can begin to summarize everything with just this bad negative attitude. See, when we have some confidence in God, you have a spirit of optimism and you, you believe that somehow God's going to turn things around. God's your helper. And I'll, I'll be honest with you. I am a bit of an optimist. I do believe even when people give me some bad news. Well, let's believe God. Let's make somehow God's going to turn things around. Uh, if you, so an optimist sees the best in the world, while a pessimist sees the worst. An optimist finds the positive in the negative, and the pessimist can only find the negative in the positive. So I want to share a story with you. There were two friends. One was an optimist, and one was a pessimist. And they would always get in an argument and so one day, the optimist decided that he had found a good way to pull his pessimistic friend out of this continual pessimistic way of thinking. So the optimist, he was a hunter, and he found this duck, or he found this dog. He was a duck hunter, and he, and he needed a new bird dog to go and retrieve the ducks. He decided he found this dog, this new dog. The amazing thing about this new dog that he found was that this dog was able to walk on water. That's right. So he decided to try to break the news to his pessimistic friend and invite him to go hunting with him with his new dog. And so as they waited by the shore, a flock of ducks flew by, and they fired, and the duck fell, and the dog responded, and he jumped into the water, except the dog did not sink, but the dog walked across the water, retrieved the duck, never even getting his mouth with water, just his paws got a little wet. And the whole day, as they shot a duck, the, 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 the dog would go out, retrieve it, walk on the water, and bring it back. And his pessimistic friend never said a word. On the drive home, the hunter asked his friend, did you notice anything unusual about my new dog? He said, I sure did, responded the pessimist. That dog can't swim, can it? You see that? You can always find something negative and a positive, right? Yeah, it's kind of corny, but I thought it was funny. But anyway, 
See, it, it all depends this morning what you're looking for. You can be pessimistic about a lot of things. You can look at things. You, again, you can even come to church and be pessimistic, or you can see the good of what God's doing. I, I, I just want to see the good. I'm not saying I'm blind to the bad or, or I'm blind to anything wrong. What I'm saying this morning, I choose to, to look at the good. I pray for anything else that is wrong. I don't get caught up in all that. Some people, man, they'll just let the whole day. Somebody looked at them wrong in church, and the whole day's gone. That's it. The whole service is gone. And that person, you know, they, they're, they're dealing with the digestive system. When they looked at you, went like this. It wasn't for you, but you looked at them, and you thought, and that's it. They gave me a dirty look. Man, poor person's in pain. They, they wouldn't even, hadn't even had nothing to do with you. But that's it. Ruin your whole day. You're not going to receive, uh, you know, uh, all these different things. Uh, and, and that's why I'm saying this morning, we have to be a little bit more optimistic. And, and that's why the scripture said, the Lord is my helper. I will not be afraid. You may be here this morning in the middle of a bad situation. You may be here this morning wondering, man, how is God going to help me? Maybe your marriage is in trouble. Maybe this morning you need a healing in your marriage. Maybe you have some financial issues. I'm here to tell you our God is our provider. Our God is our helper this morning. Maybe today you're in the middle of a major decision. The Bible says if anyone lacks wisdom, God will freely give you wisdom to those that ask. So our God, the provider, the Holy Spirit gives us wisdom. Our God is our helper. In fact, one of the Old Testament names of God is the Lord is my helper. And I want you to listen today. Amen. Whoever you are and whatever moment you're in, I'm here to tell you God will help you through that time. There have been times in my life, there have been moments in my life this morning that have been very difficult, but, but God was my helper. In other words, I, I couldn't even make it if it wasn't for God. And, and sometimes I don't even realize that God's helping me. I'm just getting through it. And in hindsight, I look back and go, you know, God really helped me through that. Two years ago, many of you know, in the middle of our conference, my oldest brother died. Died at my mom's house. My, I got a phone call. My brother called me early in the morning. And he just said, our brother's dead. He's, he's in the restroom. I, I was so heartbroken. And here we are planning a funeral in the middle of a conference where we're expecting all these people to come. I need to be there. And here we are. You know, my oldest brother dies. And, and uh, so we, we, we go, and, you know, we have to make funeral arrangements totally unexpected and somehow you know on a wednesday morning man we we did the we did the funeral we did the service we did the family gathering and wednesday night i'm at the conference hosting a conference for all of our pastors and and i look back i go how did i get through that it was god god was helping me god sustained me god got us through god is your helper today i'm just here to tell you god is your helper in fact, I like this scripture here in Psalm 46.1. God is our refuge and our strength, an ever-present help in trouble. How many believe that? In the midst of your trouble, in the midst of your pain, friend, God is for you. God is helping you. God has tremendous ability today. And whatever situation, you, gotta, you just got to trust God today. My whole thing as a pastor is I try to get people to trust God and have confidence in who God is. Even when you don't think God is doing anything, 
Even when, you know, when God is silent, doesn't mean he's absent. We think, well, I didn't hear God. That doesn't mean he's not there. That doesn't mean he's not around. And so many times we interpret silence as absent. In fact, I want you to tell you, I want to just say with you, sometimes the more silent God is, the more his presence is there. <laughs> sometimes it's just a still small voice. Sometimes it's just the Holy Spirit strengthening you, giving you strength and empowering your life. So this last one I want to talk about is my God is still working in my life. Hallelujah. He is. You need to be confident that he's still working in my life. That's the good news. I like this scripture, Philippians 1, 6. And again, I'm, gonna, I'm talking about several verses of scripture about confidence. It says, being confident in, of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Jesus Christ. So Paul is encouraging the Philippian church. He said, being confident in this, that he would began a good work in you. In other words, he worked this, this work in you. He said, we'll carry it on to completion. Somebody here needs to hear that this morning because many times we go through our spiritual doubt. We're wondering, where is God in all this? Where is God in this situation? Where is God in what's going on in my life right now? And I'm here to tell you, you need to be confident that God's working behind the scene. We know the story of Joseph in the book of Genesis, uh, Genesis 39, where his brothers threw him into the pit. Most of us are familiar with that. He's sold into slavery. He ends up in Potiphar's house. Uh, he's falsely accused, uh, and then he's thrown in prison. Uh, and you just need to know the Bible says this about Joseph, that in every situation that God was with him. And you look at that and you go, how is God with him? The guy's in the pit. He sold the slavery. He, you know, they, 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 he was falsely accused. Now he's in prison. And the scripture clearly says, and God was with him. Oh, my, go my goodness, God's with me in that. Man, can you just turn things around a little bit? Uh, somehow God was working in the midst of that. He was working it out for your good. There could be things that God could be working things out for your good. I remember working at... This one place years ago when I was younger, and I, I was working counter sales. I, I'd worked in the warehouse, and I became a truck driver, and I was working counter sales. Wasn't, wasn't making a whole lot of money. And I remember I, 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 got, I got this notice. All of a sudden, I realized our company wasn't doing that well because I started buying things uh, for to sell, and, I, and we couldn't buy them from, the, from our vendor because uh, uh, we didn't, our, our credit was bad. I go, I think our company's going down. And all of a sudden, I, I began to see our sales started going down. And things were happening, and, and people started getting laid off. And you guys heard the story. I finally got a check, and it was on Thanksgiving. The weekend before Thanksgiving, it was my last paycheck, and they said, Happy Holidays on the check. Happy Holidays? <laughs> it's my last paycheck. I'm going to happy you right now. Amen. Well, happy Holidays? What is that? But you know what? God worked it out for my good. Because I remember that day, this man walked in, and I didn't know who he was, but he was the president of another company. And he came to look at our inventory because they were our competitor, but I never even knew who he was. He walked in, and as he, 
He had walked out of the back office. I guess he had talked to management there. Didn't have any idea who this man was. And then he said, what are you going to do, young man? I go, well, I had a couple of things lined up. I said, well, I've got a few things lined up, you know. And he said, uh, he said, well, if you don't find anything, come see me. And gave me his card and turned around, walked out right away. And I looked at the president of this company. I go, whoa, wow, I know who this guy is now. I go, my goodness, I was just talking to the man. And so I remember that, that day I called him up and I said, hey, I didn't know who you were. I'm sorry. I said, when can I come see you? Go, come see me tomorrow. I went, I went in. Actually, I couldn't see him tomorrow because it was a Thanksgiving, so I came to see him Monday. I went in on a Monday. I remember he hired me that day, and he goes, you know what? I don't even have, I don't even have a spot open for you. But you know what? I just, I just feel I need to hire you. He hired me that day. Man, I, I was so happy. Came back, told my wife, I got me a new job, making more money. And you know what? God began to promote me over and over in that job. I had tremendous favor. I think I shared that with you last week in that job. And, and when I look at back at the time where I was laid off, man, wasn't too bad after all. <laughs> when I look at my life and say, you know what? God turned it around for my good. Can I tell you something? God can turn things around for your good. I said, God can turn things around for your good. You may, you may say, well, I have these spiritual doubts. I'm going through all these, you know, I shouldn't be here. I'm, I'm going to just tell you, we all have spiritual doubts. Join the club. Just join the club, man. We all have doubt. That doesn't mean you're bad. Well, man, you know what? I, I'm in an area right now that, you know, I just can't, I just can't believe I'm still here. And I'm just here to tell you that God's working things out in your life. Can I, can I just can I go confession time again? There, there are times this morning that even as the pastor, you hear me up here, blah, 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 all this stuff, and you say, man, pastor, you're so, you're so awesome. I'm not, I'm not. Be honest with you, I'm not. I'm not. Sometimes I have, a, you know, sometimes I have insecurities. Sometimes this morning I, I, I feel a little inadequate. Sometimes I don't feel like I'm giving enough to my family. Sometimes I don't feel like I'm giving enough to my wife and my relationship. I'm not giving up. And, and, all, and I don't deserve to be here. But what turns it around is that I'm confident in God. God, the good God this morning, he's working it all out. And so don't listen to the voice of insecurity. Don't listen to the voice this morning that says you can't do it. It's not going to work out. You need to trust God. That God is still working behind the scenes. That there's something good going to come out of that situation. That no matter how bad it is, that somehow God's going to work it out. It may not be tomorrow, may not be next week, but I'm just confident in God. You know, it's amazing. My wife and I are going to be celebrating 30 years of ministry, 30 years of pastoring. But can I tell you, they, they haven't all been glorious, okay? There have been times, man, we didn't see hardly anyone come to church. I remember we were in this building, and at that, that time, this, we only had half this building. The rest of the front of the building was all retail. We were just in the back area, and, 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 the, and the platform was facing that way. We had all these metal chairs, man. You guys are sitting comfy now. Look, you guys are almost falling asleep, especially with me preaching. I'll put you right to sleep, you know. And so here's all these things. You guys are so comfy. We had metal chairs. We had a small crowd. You know, I, I was really young. I mean, not that I'm old, but I was really a lot more younger. When I, when I started pastoring in this church, I was 24 years old. 
Go just tells you how how I was young. I was uh, a naive, inexperienced. All these different things, and I had to grow and develop. But God, God used it for the good. Hallelujah. When I look back, I said, you know what? God helped me grow. God helped me develop. Even in the, in the trials and the battles, even in the tough times, even when the financial struggles, even when you're not preaching to much of a, of a big crowd and people, uh, some people are, you know, they come and they go, all these different things. And finally, you know, you begin to see God begin to build a church and see disciples raised and men and women. And we've sent them out and seen churches planted all over the place. That's an amazing thing. But you have to trust God. I was thinking the other week, last week I went to do a conference in Northern California, and I was there for a few days, and, and I, you know, I flew there, obviously, and then, and then I flew back. And one of the things I was thinking about is I was, as I got on that plane on, on the way back, you know, usually, you, you know, you, you, uh, you walk in, you go through security, and then, and then you know, you go to the, when, when they let you in the plane, you show your ticket or they or they scan your ticket, and, of course, the stewardess are there, and they help you sit down. And sometimes you'll see, I, like I saw the pilots go on before us, and I could see who the pilots are. And I'm thinking, man, you know, I've seen the pilot. I've seen the stewardess. I've seen the, the, the ticket person. And so most of the time when you fly a plane, you're thinking about what you see. You think about everything that happened in that flight, but how many ever really, you get on the plane, are you ever ever thinking about the traffic controller, air traffic controller? In fact, when you're in that plane, you don't even think about that air traffic controller. But do you realize, I was, I was, I was reading up on the air traffic controller. He's the guy that issues the landing and takeoff instructions. He's the one that monitors and directs all the movement of every aircraft. If that guy falls asleep, you're dead. Man, that guy, he has complete computer visual of everything, ground control, tra airport, airplanes, uh, even uh, baggage vehicles that go to the plane. He controls all of that. Do you ever think about that air traffic controller? Half the time, do you even think about where he's at? No, you're thinking about you got a pilot, your stewardess, you, you know, you're getting your pretzels and your water and all that stuff and making sure you're taken care of there. Make sure you got an end seat, not the, the middle seat, you know, next to whoever. Anyway, you're, you're there. You're making sure you're all comfortable. But you're not thinking about the air traffic controller. You're not thinking about that guy that's monitoring everything from the tower. And yet, he's the guy making all the decisions. He's working. He's serving. He's kind of omnipresent, right? He's like everywhere. You don't even know where he's at. And I begin to think about that's how God is. Did you hear me? Sometimes you don't feel him. Sometimes you don't see him. Sometimes you don't know that he's working. But can I tell you something? God is in complete control. He's monitoring your life. He's monitoring every event. He's got it together. God knows what he's doing, even when you don't think he is. God is large and in charge. Hallelujah. I'm, I'm here to tell you in confidence that you can trust God. That I, I, I've been serving God since 1981. Some of you weren't even alive then. You were just a twinkle in your daddy's eye. Amen. But I've been serving the Lord since 1981. And God never failed me once. 
I'm not telling you I've never had disappointment. I'm not telling you this morning things didn't work. But, but you know what? I've just learned to trust God. And, and, and God's always, always been the one that's helped me through every single situation. And the moment I've taken off of my, uh, my eyes off of God, I've always felt. The moment I try to do things on my own, say, no, no, I'm just going to do it my way, I always fail. But, man, when I just serve God and trust God and confidence in God, I've just learned, friend, that God's in control. He knows more than I do. And if I, if I can just teach you something this morning, put your confidence in God. Cultivate a, a God, Godfidence, right? That's the word, Godfidence. A Godfidence, man. Say, you know what, God, I, I don't understand it all. I don't know it all. But God, I know you're in the you're in the control tower. Hallelujah. And you're you're controlling everything. You're in charge. Hey, thanks for listening to this week's message from Praise Chapel Paramount. If you want to stay connected, follow us online with Facebook and Instagram at PC Paramount. Or visit our website at praisechapelparamount.com.